0: For more than two decades, we've been educating our listeners about financial topics that are most important to you. Do you have enough money to retire? How will you keep from running out of money? What's your plan for managing market risk? What about taxes, inflation, and health care? Each week, we talk with an advisor at Lucia Capital Group about these issues and more. This is managing your financial future. All right, welcome back. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I just looked. This is episode number one sixty two of great significance <laughs> to anybody who's a baseball
1: fan, Professor Plum. One sixty two. Come on, there are one hundred sixty two games in a oh, season. I was, I was thinking that's a little lower than your average. At least I hope it's lower than your average. Yeah, level. you're
0: into the you're you're, you're, in <laughs> you're the, below the Mendoza line. The there. Mendoza line, <laughs> absolutely. You're far below that. I don't <laughs> think you're a major leaguer at one sixty two. Or are you not pitcher. very long? Uh, true. That's true. Although they don't they don't hit anymore. No. No, that's all gone. Good well, stuff. Most
1: of them though. Some still do.
0: Well, that's true. Uh, Otani, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, that's what I was this, thinking of. Th- yeah. This is not a uh, this is not a, this a, is not a, a sports, sports, sports show. Uh, have we ever discussed sports on this show? Only in passing like this. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Well, we're gonna pass right by it right now because we got some stuff to cover today. And I gotta tell you, this I, by the way, I'm Johnny Dean. I'm your podcast Hi Johnny host. Dean? Professor Rick Plum. Hi, Professor Rick Plum, CFP <laughs> professional, certified financial planner. The advisor portion of this program and it's funny sometimes when you do a show uh, it has some it, it gets some lasting effects and we did this uh, an episode i think it was back in december um early december about required minimum distributions and uh it it, it had generated quite a bit of discussion from people uh, quite a number of questions from folks and for whatever reason, we don't always answer the emails. I know you answer them off the air, but I don't often answer them on the air because they are, you know, specific to people. But this this was a good question. And I want to get this one from uh, Manny, I think in Arizona somewhere. I don't know uh, who said, Dear Rick, the Professor Plum, in the past, you've had various podcasts about required minimum distributions, RMDs. He says, in this hypothetical instance of three individuals inheriting a $500,000 IRA, distributing RMDs, Manny wants to know what's a good withdrawal plan. And then he gives an example. He says, let's say the three beneficiaries have different tax brackets. So each beneficiary has a different withdrawal requirement.
1: Not a big different withdrawal requirement.
0: Well, no, and we'll we'll explain what he's talking about here in just a second. Can and should 50% of the IRA, in this case, be liquidated into cash within the IRA and the rema- uh, remainder stay in stocks? I ask this question because in the case of stretching withdrawals over 10 years, the portfolio will likely see swings in value. Of course it's one just one consideration but it would be nice to get your thoughts. Now, there are people who who want to know what Manny is talking about. Let's explain uh very quickly Professor Plum what Manny is is saying here. And and this isn't
1: the first time we've had people ask this. All right, well basically he's saying there's three different individuals who are inheriting a nice sized IRA so, from maybe a parent or something. So they're sh- they're they're the they're, they're, so they're each a third a third, a third a third a third. yeah. So, you know, they're going to get $167,000 each. But they have different needs and they have different financial circumstances some of them are in a higher tax bracket and or and some are in a low tax bracket and these folks least by that's the way what I'm reading into this and i am too and
0: and and they are all under uh, you know normal required minimum distribution age at age 73 there are people who don't know that when you inherit
1: an ira you have an rmd right and he was saying that they all have different required minimum distribution amounts well th- unless they're very different in age the required minimum distribution amount for the beneficiaries probably isn't all that dramatically different. I mean, if they're, you know, like one's 60, one's 58, one's 54, the, the required minimum distribution for each one is going to be slightly different, but it's not going to be dramatically different.
0: Was well, he talking about the amounts, or is he talking, because he, he mentioned because they have different tax brackets, they He's, have different and withdrawal
1: so, requirements. No, the, the, requi- the required minimum distribution is a set number. Yes. It's and that's going to be your age. It's based on your life expectancy for the age you achieved. Uh, anyway, divided by the, the right, yeah. value of the IRA. Right. Uh, and so, but they're very similar unless you have dramatically, like maybe you left one to a grandchild that's only, you know, 23 and one to. Yeah, you know, they've got a long. they got a, a yeah. one to a 60 year old. That's a big difference in required. But the required distribution is one thing. Now, the planning aspect of this says, even though I may not be required. If I have a $167,000 IRA beneficiary that I just inherited, my required minimum distribution may be four grand. But per year. Per year for the first several years, because I'm assuming the owner of the IRA was over 72, 73 when they passed away. And so we're looking at what do you have to take out? But we know that 100% of the money has to come out by the end of the 10th year. And is that in all cases? For anybody who... No, because nothing's that simple in tax code. I know. <laughs> For anybody who died in 2020 or later and left their IRA, their retirement account, to somebody other than a spouse, other than to somebody who is less than 10 years younger than them, other than to somebody who is terminally <laughs> ill or chronically or disabled, yeah. or who's under the age of 21... Yeah, they've all
0: got a ten-year time clock now. <laughs> I'm sorry, I asked. I, I I ask these leading questions, and I think I shouldn't have said that.
1: So, but we know that for, for the most part, if you're inheriting an IRA uh, from somebody that was like not your brother, sister, sibling that's close in age, uh, you're more than ten years younger. You've got a, and the person died this year or last year. You've got a ten-year clock
0: it's, to get the money out.
1: To get all of the money out, if it's a Roth IRA. I'll let that thing grow for the 10 years because I want it to be as big pos- as possible because it'll be tax-free when I take it out at the 10th year. Right. If it's a traditional IRA, I probably don't want to let it grow and grow for another 10 years. It could be double the size or more than double the size 10 years from now, Potentially. which only means it's probably going to jump me into another bracket, a higher bracket than I would otherwise pay. So a lot of times when we're taking RMDs, we're taking about not only the required amount, but maybe another $10,000, $20,000, thousand know, dollars or some number and using up the tax bracket that we're in, taking what we can, you know, without necessarily hurting ourselves. And so what he's saying is these people have different available withdrawal amounts within the tax bracket. Some people are already in a high tax bracket, Mm -hmm. so they may not have the use of room in a bracket. Uh, But if they're already in a high tax bracket, 10 years from now, they're probably going to be in a high tax bracket again, and taking $300,000 out is going to just jump them into a higher bracket. So it's, Yes, they all have different tax brackets, but it's a matter of what works for the individual. Where are they now? What is their cost to take it out now? What is the cost to take it out 10 years from now, nine years from now, eight years from now, whenever that 100% level comes in? Uh, but what I, what the big question I think he's getting at towards the end of it, he talks about should we be putting half the money in cash and half the money in stocks? Because stocks go up and down and we have a required minimum distribution to take or we have a... A, an amount we want to take to for the tax purpose. And this is a common issue where they're combining two different potential types of strategies into one. Yeah. One is how should I allocate the funds within my account to, to make the most sense when it comes time to to take meet the, the goals yeah. that I have? The other is what is the taxable amount that I can withdraw each year? Now, an rmd withdrawal does not have to be cash so i i do not set my allocation up based on the rmd withdrawal i set the allocation up on how much i want to spend if i'm in the lower brackets and i want to take money out to spend to pay down my house to pay the kids education you know i am going to spend the money i'm taking out of this IRA. that's where we look at putting money in cash, safety, bucket number one, things that don't have a lot of volatility because I'm going to spend that money and I want a dollar to be equal to a dollar when I take it out in the not-too-distant future. On the other hand, if all I'm doing is taking money out of the IRA to satisfy a required minimum distribution... And you don't need the money. I have no intention of spending it. I'm actually just going to invest it for my future. You know, Then I don't have to be in cash for that. So I do not allocate... For the RMD, I allocate for my cash needs, and then I can always, if, if the market's down and I I need to take or I have room to take $40,000 out, I take $40,000 of stock, take it out of the IRA, put it into my personal account. Not allowed to convert this. This is a beneficiary. Right. And I just move the money. When the stock price is down, I get to take more of it out. And that way, I don't sell it. I satisfy the RMD in any recovery is in my personal account. Now, I know this is, this is complicated
0: when we're explaining this to the folks who may be listening, and, and you, you have to kind of be following. Let's, let's explain to people who are kind of trying to follow what you're saying here, Professor Plum, what Manny's concern is in, in putting up this hypothetical situation. Well, he's situation. looking at
1: saying, I need to take out X amount of dollars to satisfy the tax situation that I want to deal with. But he's not talking about what do we need the money to do for you? Hmm. Are you just going to reinvest it? Are you going to spend it? That's what dictates the investment.
0: Okay, so if I inherit something, if uh-huh. I inherit an IRA, and I'm, you know, I have ten years to take it out. I'm fifty years old, let's say, and I've inherited this, and it's it's uh, all stock, something I don't know, and uh, I look at it and I say, "Gee, uh, the money that I have to take out, I I could use this extra cash,
1: and I'm going to spend it because I'm going my to kids spend are in it. school." I've got this. I have got that. I am going to spend the money. So now
0: it, you're saying, if in that instance, I should safeen up some of that
1: my, IRA. My investment choices, yeah. are dictated by my spending needs.
0: Yes. Yeah. So I say I need to spend this. Boy, this is great. I just got one hundred sixty-seven thousand. Uh, in this hypothetical example, in this, yes. in this example, <laughs> uh, and and I, I I'm going to spend some of this because this will help me help me out. Right. So. In this instance, I should be looking at the investments within it and say, you know what, these
1: stocks... I need, I need to match my investments yes. to my needs.
0: So we will portion off, take a portion of that, Professor Plum, yeah. and say, let's let's put it in some non-volatile sources.
1: Because I know that I'm going to yeah. spend this money next year, the following year, for the the second, third, fourth year yes. of college for my son or daughter. So
0: that's where Manny's suggestion that keeping some money in cash. Some of or it in
1: cash, something like T-bills, CDs, things of that nature. Would be
0: a very good idea. Very On good. the other hand, uh the bro- the brother or sister who inherits it says, oh, "I just got $167,000 IRA. Man, you know, I I I'm, I'm making 300 grand a year and I don't I mean I can cover all my bills. I'm 60. I'm in a high tax I'm gonna bracket. I'm going to retire
1: in 5 years. My income right. will come down in 5 years. Maybe I don't want to take a lot out now. Or maybe I'm 55. And I'm going to work for another 10 years. My income is going to be the same every year. Yes. I need to, I don't want this thing to grow out of shape. So I want to take some money out. And a lot of people will look at it and say, I got to have it all done in 10 years. The tax bracket's not going to change on me for 10 years. I'm just going to take 10% out every year. 10, one 10th, one ninth, one 8th, one 7th. Yeah. And be done with it pro rata over the 10 years. Now that doesn't mean that that money has to be in cash. Because yeah, so, I'm not going to spend it. So this individual who doesn't need to spend this
0: IRA money, can look at this and say, I don't need to really convert any of it to cash. No, Because no I'm not going to spend it. But what I'm going to do is, since I have a requirement, I've got to take something I've out. I've got to take it out of the account. I'm going to take out the required amount, m- maybe even a little more depending on my tax bracket, I guess, right? Well, yeah. Uh, I'm going to as have, much as I want to I'm take out. But I'm going to take it out, and I don't have to – it doesn't have to be cash. I just have to pay taxes on this right. amount. Right, a required that what, that's what you're minimum
1: saying? distribution – is, has nothing to do with spending. It has nothing to do. You don't have to take it in cash. And this is for the beneficiary and for the. Uh, in other the words, you don't well. have to sell the stock. You don't have to yeah. sell something to take a required minimum distribution. You have to create a taxable event. What is a taxable event from an IRA? A distribution from an IRA, which is what that is. And you can distribute anything that's in the IRA to your personal name, to your trust, you know, to your non-IRA. Basically, to your personal Social Security number and your name, and that is a taxable event, and it didn't require you sell anything. I mean, if I'm all I'm doing is taking the money out of the IRA to satisfy the required minimum distribution or get it out of the IRA at a tax favored investment, you know, time tax favorite time, so that I don't have a big bomb in the tenth year, time bomb in the tenth year. It doesn't. If all I'm going to do is take it out and reinvest it anyway, why pay a sales charge in the IRA to sell it and a you know a ticket charge? in the personal brokerage account to buy it, just move it. <laughs> just keep the, whatever the stock or fund I mean, um, is. Unless you're planning on selling it anyway and buying something else, You know, if you're just going to keep that investment, just move it from point A to point B from your right pocket, which is your IRA pocket, to your left pocket, which is your personal brokerage account. So pocket. if
0: your RMD in this case at that age is $4,000, I don't know what it is. Four, it,
1: 4, depends 000. on how old they are. Yeah, but yeah. right.
0: But let's say it's $4,000. Uh, you take four 000, You take the stock or the fund that you want to keep. You take it out. You add
1: four thousand dollars. You take X number of shares out, and they're going to value it based on the value of the day that you move the shares. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, you know it, it'll have a slight fluctuation from what you think because you know stocks change. But that's okay, but mutual funds are easier because you only, you know the price of them for the most part. Uh, but you just move it over, and whatever the whatever however many shares you took out times the value on that date. That's the value of the distribution. And from there on, that's, that's the taxable amount. That's the Yes, and from there
0: on, that's your, your cost basis for that. And itself. that
1: is your cost basis. You pay tax on that whole right. thing, so that's your and cost And an important reminder here that you said, Professor Plum, I can't take that out and then put it into a Roth. No, with beneficiary IRAs, the distributions cannot be converted to a Roth beneficiary, or Roth, your own Roth IRA. Now, let's say I've got that $167,000, and I'm starting to take out, Oh, I don't know, $14,000 a year, and my wife and I are 50-plus years of age, well, we could each do Roth IRAs, new contributions, assuming I qualify, assuming I have a job, assuming my income is under yeah. $230,000. Right. Okay, let's it, say you qualify. And so it looks like I'm putting money into a Roth IRA, but it's not. It's, I'm taking money out. That's one transaction. And then I'm putting money in. Now, that money going into the Roth IRA as a contribution, that must be cash. Yes. So this is not a conversion issue. This no. is not, even though it looks kind of wonky in that. Hey, fourteen came out, seven and seven <laughs> went in. Uh,
0: so, so let's 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 broaden this out a little eight, bit. I think it's here. up to eight thousand
1: this year for people. 50 What's that? Old. I think the Roth contribution limit's eight thousand bucks for this year, uh, up from uh, seventy five hundred in twenty twenty three. So it's twenty twenty four. I'm pretty sure it's eight thousand for us old folks, fifty and older.
0: Uh, let's see. You find this faster than I do. I have. We we got our new cheat sheets here. You find it. <laughs> You, did. I you made know it where for it you. Is. <laughs> well, I was told you didn't laminate these. I never laminate any of them. I didn't think I, so. I have people. <laughs> We're going to thank uh, 8, G- Jessica, I think, is the yes. one who did that. So thank you. Yeah, hey, the, what is yeah, it? Yeah. It's Eight thousand dollars.
1: The IRA limit. Oh, there it is. Went to seven thousand for everybody. Yeah, and eight thousand for us ancient people, fifty and older. Age fifty and older.
0: Well, okay. So so let's let's broaden for this. For one,
1: limits went up five hundred bucks too. Oh yeah, what is that now? 30500 or $23,000 23, for everybody, 7500 for, for the uh, uh, ketchup, 50 and older. For the catch
0: up folks. L- broaden this out, if you would, Professor Plum, because there's a, you know, for people who are, aren't taking required minimum distributions, I, I, I think they still need to understand how this works. Well, at
1: some point, if you have uh, tax deferred accounts, you know, retirement plans, IRAs, not Roth IRAs, but traditional IRAs, simple 401k, 403b, 457. Um, You know, those kinds of retirement plans through work or through your own individual retirement annuity type thing. At some age, you're going to be forced, whether you want to take any money out or not, you're going to be forced to take money out of that IRA or that retirement account. When are you going to be forced? Well, it depends on when you were born. If you're born in the 50s or before, your required minimum distribution age is either you're doing it now or age 73. (laughs) Yeah. If you're 73 or older, you got to be doing it. You're doing required minimum distribution. But now, if you're born in 1960 or later, yeah, your required minimum distribution age beginning year is age 75. That's We're in that club, yes. you and I. Not by much for me. but Not yeah.
0: by much. You barely squeaked <laughs> by, yeah. Um, okay, So, but the important thing also is to understand that many people, I think, forget about or don't know is that as a beneficiary...
1: Now, beneficiaries have a different set of rules. Yes. Uh, If you inherit, if you are the beneficiary of uh, somebody else's IRA and you're not their spouse, then it matters of, you know, are you a eligible designated beneficiary or just a designated beneficiary? You know, but that's where you come into the age, the 10 year differential in age. But let's assume you're inheriting it from somebody who's more than 10 years older than you yeah. that you're not married to. you. you, yeah. you
0: yeah. A parent in many cases, in right. some cases. Or an uncle. An aunt, uncle, aunt, somebody, you know, somebody, A good, fr- than, a good friend. Uh, yes. Could somebody we?
1: more than 10 years older than you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you have, and the, assuming they died in 2020 or later, you have a 10-year clock. You have to have 100% of that money out of the IRA. You don't have to spend it. It just has to be out of the IRA. It has to create a taxable event. Within by the end of the 10th year, you have to pay
0: taxes on the entire contents of the IRA after 10 years. But within within 10 years. Within, yeah, by the end of the 10th year.
1: Now, for some people, you don't have to take anything out until the 10th year. There is no required minimum distribution one through nine, 100% in 10. For other people, there's a small distribution years one through nine, and then what 100% of whatever's left over in 10. The difference is. How old was the person who died? Basically, were they taking required minimum distributions? Had they started taking Had they out. started. Now, this isn't 100%, but for most people it's true. You know, if they're 74, 75, 76, or older when they died, you're going to have to take money out starting the year after they died, years one through nine. Uh, of a certain that, amount. Yeah, it's a required minimum distribution stretch, just like the old days. Years 1 through 9 are exactly like the old days when we could stretch it over our life expectancy. But, Same calculation on years 1 through 9. But then in year 10, the calculation says 100% out. Got to get it. Take it all. Right. So we, we look at planning RMDs. In retirement, we plan RMDs. Most people are hitting their required minimum distribution just by taking the money out they need to live. They're taking enough out of their IRAs to satisfy the RMD just by... Living, you know, yeah, living.
0: and again, you can
1: always take more. Than you can the always RMD. take more. You so can take minimum. as much as you want. Uh, but for beneficiaries, we have to plan the RMD in many cases. And how do we do it? And so I was speaking with somebody else, not not many this time, but um, and they're inheriting some money in the next couple of years. They're sixty five years of age. They're getting ready to retire now, or in the next you know less than a year, and they're looking at okay, I've got this money in this inherited IRA. Do I stretch it for 10 years or how do I treat it? And then they've got their money in their own IRA, 401k, 403b type accounts. And so how do we allocate? And in many cases, we're going to allocate the beneficiary IRA, if it's depending on the size, as bucket number one, the money we're going to spend first. And we're going to spend the beneficiary IRA over the next, maybe it only lasts five years. But the other choice was, okay, they're going to take it out of their own IRA over the next five years. So. Let's get rid of the the beneficiary IRA first, leave your IRA for the rest of the time, and then we don't have to double up and take beneficiary RMD for a couple of years and our own RMDs at 73 for a couple of years where we have to then take it out of both accounts. It's just a matter of trying to keep things as simple as possible, Mm -hmm. satisfy the RMDs that are there, but put it into the planning process so that we know what we're allocating and why. This is one of those cases where you would advise somebody to hold
0: off taking money before they're required to, because there's a strategy we've talked about where people before they're required to, you know, they, they want, they were, you're trying to reduce their, the size of their RMD once they hit age 73. Uh,
1: and, but and it's a matter of, I've got an RMD that I've got to do at least something. And then a hundred percent by year 10. Yes. And so let's, maybe get rid of that 100% number because that's a big jump that, that you could lose a lot hurt. to taxes yeah. yeah that's more than the rmd on my own account yeah so let's 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 build this into your plan and see how it works and how quickly yeah. and efficiently can we make this and happen and
0: remember it's important to remember here the distinction that you talked about a little bit ago between a, a an inherited ira or beneficiary ira and your own ira because you cannot, if you have a beneficiary IRA and at the same time you've got required minimum distributions on your own, you can't take it all from no, you can't combine the, them. The, the beneficiary and say it satisfies all of it. You if
1: I have five different IRAs in my name, I can calculate the RMD on all of them and then combine that number and say my total RMD is X and I can take it from any one or any combination yeah. of the five IRAs mm-hmm. in my name. However many IRAs I have, I can Basically, combine and you can take, take the distribution none from the four and, and take, take it all from, from the, one. or yeah. take it pro rata, right. take it whatever. It doesn't matter. If I have a benefit, if I have those five IRAs and I have a beneficiary IRA, I cannot combine the required minimum distribution. The number is the number, but I can't say, "Well, I'm going to take it all out of the beneficiary IRA and satisfy my own RMD," and I can't take it all out of my own IRA and satisfy the beneficiary RMD. I have to take it out of the separate accounts. Same thing as if I had. A 401K still at 73 and older, a 457, a 403B, multiple 403Bs from different districts, employers. uh, Those all have their own individual required minimum distribution. And even though it all totals up to the same number. Yeah, it, it, it's it does, was, it's kind of weird, but it all totals the same number. But it has to take it from different accounts.
0: If you're not working with an advisor, how is anybody supposed to know this? Because the IRA custodian or the 401k, uh, you know, custo whatever it is, they aren't going to.
1: Well, a lot of times are they going to tell you, hey, yeah. fella, you've got um, a, a lot. I don't think every single one does, but many of them do send a letter saying you have an RMD this year. The RMD is this amount. Um. Uh, let us know if you want to take it from here or whether you've satisfied it from some other source. Oh, so they'll do the. They'll, I've seen the letter do that quite that often, but you. it's not every IRA custodian. Um, and the, the problem is when the beneficiary happens, it's a different game because...
0: Well, not only do you have to know which accounts you're allowed to take fr- some from and which accounts you must take some from, but you've also got to look at this from the tax standpoint and try to figure out
1: what is the most tax-efficient way to do it, right? Right, right. and the, so the required minimum distribution... For most people, as I mentioned earlier, is part of their cash flow needs yeah. to, to live. So they're but taking... there are those who are lucky enough to have enough cash flow from other sources and then have yeah. the required minimum distribution is on top of what they need to spend. And that becomes an issue now, of taxes. And that's where we look to do potentially conversions before we get to 73. We look to do conversions even after getting to 73 if my required minimum distribution is. Is forty grand, but I've got seventy thousand dollars worth of room in the current tax bracket. You know, I take forty out, set it off the side. That's my RMD. Not allowed to convert the amount equal to the RMD, and then over and above that, I've still got thirty thousand. Take another thirty and convert it. You might as well because you're going to pay taxes on it anyway. And if I can do it in the same or less bracket, and a lot of times the people that are in that situation, married individuals, they leave it until they, you know, they die and their spouse inherits it, and now the spouse has to take money out. And their taxes are going to be even worse because they're a single taxpayer, not a joint.
0: Yeah, it's r- not like you can pilot. get out of
1: it by letting somebody else inherit it. And, you can get out of some of it. Well, by if they're by in a lower tax bracket, inherit it and say. So, and I've seen people say, well, "Yeah, I know the taxes for me are X, and if my kids inherit it, uh, the kids probably are going to be paying more taxes." But with fine, it. let them pay it. That's I'm right. not this paying it. This is found money for them.
0: Uh, talk for just a moment before we run out
1: of time uh, about the uh, penalties, because I know they've. Change they have. They've, uh, they've got they used to be fairly draconian. Um, it used to be for the required minimum distribution. If you missed the required minimum distribution, you did it wrong, it, you, you or did, you missed it, you didn't take out enough. Yeah, the penalty was 50% of the shortfall.
0: So if I were supposed to take out two thousand dollars and I didn't take out two thousand dollars, now your
1: penalty is a thousand dollars, and you still have to take that two thousand out again. You know, at some point, that's so the way it So you're still going to pay taxes on it. Not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. They changed it, and then now the penalty, if they catch you, is twenty five percent. It's not fifty. So twenty five percent penalty, is still pretty still heavy. A lot. Yeah, but it's half of what it used to be. That's pretty nice. And if you catch yourself, self report, self fix. Yeah. And uh you you basically and you correct it and do everything. Now it's only 10% penalty. Yeah.
0: And I've heard that sometimes you can sort of just ask, "Can you be nice and
1: well, and, and, you know, obviously and, if and don't charge me a penalty?" You can always throw yourself on the mercy of the court and say, yeah. "Hey, now if I had a, an issue where I missed it because uh the broker, my, the bank was doing something. broke, you know. I was going to take it, but I was in a nursing home for the last, you know, eight months of the year. And I, and if there's an extenuating circumstance, yeah, they'll look at that. They'll look at it and say, okay, as long as and it's also, you know, as long as you fix it as soon as you find out about it and fix it as soon as you can possibly fix it by taking the money out and doing things. They'll probably say, yeah, it's okay. They may. Yeah, We're well, not that's guaranteeing up to the IRS courts. No, it is
0: now. One last thing. What about state?
1: States, what do they require? They they have the same required minimum distribution. So it's all, all the same. All of them are conformed with the federal.
0: Okay, so if, but if I have to have if I have a four thousand dollar RMD for the feds, that's all. I don't have a separate one for the state. No, it's, they, it's just, they, they just they just count incurred. that as the income. And there's right?
1: multiple states through the U.S. that don't tax IRA distributions. You know, pension income, retirement income. I would is, think
0: a tax free state may not, right? but not
1: even you know not even tax free states i'm talking about states mm. that have income tax oh. but the retirement incomes uh are tax free wow that comes in handy it is uh, if you
0: want to know what those states are it's, it's uh, not california <laughs> <laughs> No, I think the higher tax. Well, the high population states are the ones that are not going to give you a break on that kind of thing. Uh, it's, so, so if you have a uh, an IRS penalty for missing it, do you also have the same state penalty, or do you? know? It depends on the state. Yeah, it won't be the same. It's not. But ha- but you may have one. So it may actually yeah. be more than what you know. Yeah, but just
1: avoid the penalties. Avoid the
0: penalties. What you need to do is to have uh, an advisor like Professor Rick Plum take l- take a look at uh, your situation. I said before, and I think this bears repeating, that not only do you have to get your required minimum distributions correct, not just for people over age seventy three, seventy four, seventy five who have one, but if you inherit and there's a big transfer of wealth that often happens, uh, you've got to figure out which accounts and why you have to, ta- how much you need to take out, and you've got to do it. You should do it. In the most tax-efficient manner possible. And this is where the uh, uh, somebody like you, Professor Plum,
1: can come in handy. And getting back to the original letter, you invest based on your cash flow needs, not on the tax issue when it comes to required minimum distributions. I don't have to have cash to create an RMD. I need cash to spend. Yeah, You invest based on your cash needs. Not your tax situation.
0: Yeah, so reallocate when you inherit an IRA, maybe reallocate based on your current cash flow
1: needs. Is what right it you're becomes saying. part of your overall portfolio. When and, you're going to spend the money, it becomes available to you at an earlier age because there's no pre age 59 fifty nine and a half penalty on the beneficiary IRA. But if you, you know, don't need the cash, <laughs> you know you, uh, if you're you going to have it invested anyway, just pay the tax on it and find the investments you like and then but, invest in them. Yeah, yeah. And now you don't have to worry about oh, it's a short. I'm going to invest in this, but I'm going to have to. Sell it next year to be able to get uh, my RMD, and I don't know if it's going to be lower or higher in a year. You don't have to worry about that. No. If you're going to invest it for the long term in the IRA, a beneficiary IRA, just take the required minimum distribution in kind.
0: Let Professor Plum or any of the Lucia Capital Group advisors do all this heavy lifting for you. Give them a call, 800 644 1150. Now, I got to ask you this, Professor Plum, which is something of a leading question very quickly. Uh, but I mean, if somebody does have you know four hundred one k's four hundred three bs, they got a number of different IRAs and all this stuff. They maybe have a one or two beneficiary IRAs, and and you know about this because you're working with them. Uh, is that something that now y- you say you are the one, Professor Plum, who who talks to them and says, "Hey, listen, we need to." We, well, you've got yes, the advisor. Well, you should, figure it out. The advisor, the advisor should, should figure it out top for of it.
1: You. Now, I will say it is still the individual's responsibility. Well, to do it, sure. The advisor should be on top of it, saying. You know, you've got these different accounts. They all have required minimum distributions individually. You know, your 403B, uh, the beneficiary IRA from your dad, the beneficiary IRA from your mom. Those are two separate ones. We have to take two separate distributions. Uh, Yeah. So here's how it's going to fit into your plan. And here's how we're going to manage this and try to make it as simple as possible going forward. So if
0: you don't in- understand any of this stuff that we were talking about or it's confusing, this is where certainly the uh, services of Professor Plum or the uh, any of the Lu- uh, Lucia Capital Group advisors can be of help to you. 800-644-1150. 800-644-1150. Find a lot of this information online at luciacap.com, L-U-C-I-A-C-A-P.com. A lot of uh, articles up there we got more videos you can take a look at and uh, uh, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast uh this uh, is it, these this is important stuff that we talk about obviously otherwise we wouldn't be talking about it on this podcast uh subscribe go to apple podcast you can go to spotify either one of those and uh, don't ever miss don't you ever miss <laughs> a single episode i'd hate to think that all this brilliant stuff that you're saying professor <laughs> plum that you know we're talking about somehow gets missed all right subscribe Uh, Professor, thank you again. You're welcome. I do appreciate it. We'll be back again next time. For Professor Rick Plum, I'm your podcast host, Johnny Dean. Thanks so much for listening. Take care. We'll talk to you again next week. The information provided should not be considered specific tax, legal, or investment advice and is not specific to any individual's personal circumstances. Each taxpayer should seek independent advice from a tax professional based on his or her individual circumstances. No client or prospective client should assume that the information presented serves as the receipt of or a substitute for personalized advice from Lucia Capital Group or from any other investment professional. You should always seek counsel of the appropriate advisor prior to making any investment decision. All investments are subject to risk, including the loss of principal. This material is gathered from sources believed to be reliable. However, its accuracy cannot be guaranteed. Traditional IRA account owners have consideration to make before performing a Roth IRA conversion. These primarily include income tax consequences on the converted amount in the year of conversion, withdrawal limitations from a Roth IRA, and income limitations for future contributions to a Roth IRA. In addition, if you're required to take a required minimum distribution in the year you convert, you must do so before converting to a Roth IRA. IRA withdrawals will be taxed at ordinary income rates. Withdrawals prior to age 59 and a half may also be subject to a 10% penalty tax. Roth IRA distributions of principal from a Roth IRA are tax-free. However, any earnings will be taxed at ordinary income rates, and a 10% penalty tax will apply if withdrawn prior to age 59 and a half or within five years of the date the Roth IRA was established, whichever is longer. Examples cited are hypothetical, are for illustrative purposes only, are not guaranteed, and subject to potential federal and state law amendments. There is no guarantee that you will achieve the results discussed or illustrated. Treasury securities are backed by the full faith and credit of the U.S. government, but are subject to inflation risk. CDs are FDIC-insured up to $250,000 per depositor per insured bank for each account ownership category. Before investing, carefully consider a mutual fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. To obtain a prospectus or summary prospectus, which contains this and other information, call your financial advisor. Read the prospectus carefully before investing. Annuities are not FDIC-insured. Certain terms and conditions apply, so please read insurance company materials carefully. Rick Plum is a registered representative with and securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and member FINRA SIPC. The investment professionals are affiliated with LPL Financial and are conducted business using the name Lucia Capital Group, a separate entity from LPL Financial.